Grab your Bibles, remain standing for just a moment. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2, while the choir finds their place. Listen, I want everybody to be in, in, in much prayer. I, I forgot my little paper that told me the, the, the date. But uh, uh, our, 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 uh, our people that we support in Nepal, uh, and, and I, I just found out it's already happened in India. We've had several of them arrested. Uh, Nepal has passed a law uh, to outlaw basically what we're trying to do in, in bringing people to Christ. And, and, and some of our top people, some of our top people that, that Brother Jeff and Brother Dustin was able to meet while they were in Nepal have, are on the list to be arrested. I think, the, I think it goes into the effect the 15th. Uh, is, that, is that correct, Brother Doug? The 15th. It goes into effect the 15th. Uh, Dr. Nelms has asked us to have a day of fasting and prayer. Uh, uh, before that takes place, I think it's the, the day before uh, on the 14th, but I'll, I'll get you that uh, uh, at the end of the service. They're going to find that. Is that correct? The 14th? The 14th, a day of fasting and prayer. Now listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have the privilege and opportunity. Nobody was harassed coming to church this morning. Nobody. And, 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 and the people that we're supporting to, to get the gospel, they're our brothers and sisters. In Christ, so so I want you to be praying about that and and make that a matter of prayer if you're going to fast or whether at least pray, at least pray. But I believe I believe God honors fasting and prayer. Amen. Amen. So let's be let's be thinking about that. I, I got several pictures and stuff that I can't show, uh, but because I said on social media it's just dangerous for our people, and so just just be be in a great matter of prayer over that that God will use that and uh, and and bring glory to his name through it and all God's people say it all right let's let's read just a couple verses and then I'll let you uh, be seated today we're going to continue in our series on continue and and pray that God will honor it acts 2 verse 41 acts 2:41 if you're here for the very first time we're glad that you're here and uh, we, are, we are looking at the day of Pentecost when uh, the, the church got, uh, uh, got kicked off and going. And we know that, 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 that there was a, a, an incredible sermon that had the power of God on it given by Peter. And there was thousands that got saved, right? And so here we are. Here we are, verse 41. Uh, the Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word, that meant they got saved, they believed in the word, were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now you can put it this way. They got saved, baptized, and joined the church. That's the process. Amen. Saved, born again, converted, blood washed. Somebody say amen. amen. Baptized. Follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Church membership, joining up. All three of them are critical. But that's not the end of the line. That's not the end of the line. The Bible says, verse 42, and they, what's that word? Continue. Continued. Come on now. And they Continue. continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continually, daily, it was one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house and the worship. Lord, I'm so glad I'm a child of God. I'm so glad I, I know you, but I'm even more glad that you know me. And Lord, you know me long before I knew you. And one day I'm going to be able to see you and praise you in person and worship you in person. But until then, please honor your word today. I believe I have what you want me to say. But God, I need the unction to say it. I need the, the touch of the Holy Ghost this morning. Please anoint me. Please help me to say, Lord, in such a clear manner that the, uh, every single person in this room can comprehend what I'm trying to say. Lord, don't let me forget anything important and don't let me say anything out of the way. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I think we've got a couple of testimonies to see. 
This book is awesome. I mean, as far as learning to be a better disciple, a follower, a committed follower of Jesus Christ, this, you may have been in church all your life, you may be Bible knowledgeable, but you will learn things in here that you haven't really given thought to. Just like Preacher brings out a lot of things in his message that we've never seen in that light. This book will do the same thing. Anything from our prayer life to our, how we study our Bible and how we handle our finances. I mean, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to be financial managers as well. Anyway, there's a lot of topics in here that will definitely help your discipleship and your Christian life. I, I urge everyone, everyone to get involved in this program. And I'd just like to say I'm just really excited about the new life group sign up and I encourage everyone, please, if you're not in a life group already, I encourage you to get in one. Since starting the Continue Series book, we have learned a lot of things, the things that a new baby Christian needs to learn, uh, things that an older Christian such as myself being saved since 95 uh, has refreshed my mind. But one of the few things that really sticks out is how it will help your walk with Jesus. Uh, through all the scripture reading daily, the devotions that you read will really help your walk. But not only your walk, it'll also help your witness. It'll help you be that light to the world that's around you. Uh, one of the verses that comes into mind is 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. The Bible says that it will establish, make you perfect, strengthen, settle you. And this book does all those things. So from a baby Christian all the way up to the older Christian, there's something in it for you. And I can't wait to experience this book with my life group. Life is better connected. If you are not in a life group, I encourage you to come out August 26th and get plugged into one. The love, encouragement, and support will be something that you can't get anywhere else. Not to mention the knowledge you will gain through the Continue series that will give you foundation to be able to start and continue your discipleship journey. Remember, life is better connected. And all God's people see it. Now remember, we're, we're, we're just coming at you right on, head on. Uh, we're not trying to sneak attack anything. We want every person to be connected, this coming up connect in our life groups, to study this book. Everybody. Everybody here. And, and, and we're gonna, we've been promoting it. We've been talking about it, why it's so important. Uh, uh, the basic doctrines that are found here. Uh, I, I'm telling you, one of the most foolish things I've ever heard. Well, I already, all, I already know that stuff. Uh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Every time, every time that I have taught it and gone through it, I have learned something new. Every single time. Brother Johnny said it, said it so eloquently. Uh, and and y'all knew he was going to alliterate his stuff. Y'all notice that? It's going to help your walk and it's going to help your witness. I was waiting for the third W. Amen. But it is, it is so important. We find here in the, in the book of Acts that they got saved. Man, this was great. Uh, Peter preached and it had the power of God on it. There was great conviction. The people were pricked in their heart and they said, Men, brother, what must we do? And, and, and they repented and, and the Bible says they received the word, were baptized, and the Lord added to the church, added to that original group that we found in, in chapter number one. And, and, and most people have this idea, okay, I've got my ticket to heaven, I'm good now. In other words, everything that we do, the end result is salvation. But that's not the case. The Bible says after they were saved, after they were baptized, after they were joined and added to the church, the Bible says, and they, come on everybody, and they, they continued steadfastly. They persevered. They were faithful in it. They stayed with it. They did not quit. They did not make excuses and said, what did they continue in? The first thing in the list is what we want to talk about today. The apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. Say that with me. The apostles' doctrine. It is amazing in the day that we live. That word doctrine is almost a, a, a cuss word. I hear, I hear people talk, especially, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not against anybody. I'm not against anybody. But I, I want you to know there are dangerous things happening today in the church world. New churches, contemporary churches, they'll say things like, we don't get hung up in doctrine. 
or, or, or we just try to use relevant things. And, and the, the point they're being, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to make it out like they're not boring. Because too many people have connected these two things together, doctrine and boring. The problem is, it's not the doctrine that's boring, it's the one teaching it. There's nothing boring about doctrine. Every time I study, and, and by the way, the word doctrine is simple. So what is doctrine? It's simply teaching. It's instruction. It's the systematic teaching of God's word. For instance, you have the doctrine of Christ. What does that mean? Everything the Bible says about Christ. The doctrine of salvation. Everything the Bible says about salvation. Uh, the doctrine of separation. The doctrine of sanctification. It is the teaching, it is the instruction of those things that are found in God's word. Now why would that be important? Why would it be important to teach and study the doctrine of salvation? So you know how to get saved. So you know what salvation is not. You preacher, what do you mean? Because there's way too many people today that are trying to earn their way into heaven. They're trying to do good works. They're trying to live a good life. They're hoping that when they get to the gate that St. Peter's going to say, your good works outweigh your bad works. Come on in. The problem is that is they don't have any doctrine. They've not studied the truth that the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. How do I know that? I got some doctrine. You see? It's so important. I, I looked this word up all through the, 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 the scriptures. Do you know this word is found 16 times? It's found more in the pastoral epistles than anywhere in the Bible. Anywhere in the Bible. You say, what is the pastoral epistles? 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. 1 Timothy, say that with me. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. These were the letters from Paul to these two pastors. They were trying to pastor churches, trying to pastor people, and he was giving them instruction, he was giving them encouragement, and he was teaching them what they need to know. Now, why is that important? Why, why is that significant? Now, watch this. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 3, 14. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. This is the first letter that Paul sent to Timothy. Timothy was at Ephesus. At this time, I believe Paul was in Macedonia in the first letter. And he, sent, he left Timothy in Ephesus to, to, to kind of keep things straight, to put things in order, that they teach no other doctrine. Now watch what he tells him. He says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Watch this. The pillar and ground of truth. Y'all with me? What does that mean? The church is to be the pillar and ground of truth. It is the foundation. It is the pillar that holds up the Word of God. The most significant thing about our church should not be the worship program. It should not be the playground. It should not be the kids' deal. It should be the proclamation of God's Word. Doctrine. Teaching. Teaching. Growing. Learning. Now, here's the deal. Look at some of the verses. Look at some of the verses. This is just way of intro. Here's what Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. 1 Timothy 4, 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. What is he saying? Be careful with your personal holiness and pay attention to the teaching. Pay attention to the study. Why do you think, why do you think that the, the disciples in the book of Acts got some people together to help serve these tables so they could focus on their prayer and the word of God? Are y'all with me? Look what it says. It says this. It says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue. There's that word again. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Second Timothy, this is the second letter he wrote to him. All scripture, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 15, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Second Timothy 4, 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and Doctrine, why? 
Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. We're in that day today, ladies and gentlemen. Titus, he tells Titus, Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word as he's been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, talking about the Judaizers, the Jewish uh, people trying to bring the church back into Judaism, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. What's their greatest defense against false doctrine? Sound doctrine. Are y'all with me? Titus 1.15. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. We see that word over and over and over again in the pastoral epistle. The place where he is teaching us how to act in the church, teaching pastors how to lead in the church, what's most important in the church. Can y'all see where Paul believes that doctrine is critically important in the work of the church? It's critical. He also tells Timothy, he says, study that's a dirty word, isn't it? My high school, my, my senior year in high school, I said, if I ever get out of this place, I'm never studying again. I hated studying. I hated studying. Don't never say never to God. I have to study every day of my life now. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needs not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Then he says this, 1 Peter 3, 12. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Here's the deal. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that we have tons of anemic Christians. You say, what, what produces anemic Christians? Anemic preaching and teaching. Churches who are more focused on the emotions than the facts. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a minute. And this is, this is not going to be your typical message because this is, we got, we got to grow up, guys. We got to grow up. We're in a different season at Temple. There is a, how many of y'all know the Bible says there's a time and a place for everything? To everything there is a season. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't pick fruit all, all year long, Right? There's times you got to break ground. There's times you got to pull weeds. There's times you got to do some planting. And there's some times you got to do some fertilizing. Are y'all with me? Well, we're in a season right now. We're in a growing season. Not necessarily numerical growth as far as attendance wise, but a growing up. A growing up. A development of God's army. Here's here's what I need you to know. These are three simple things. Three simple things that that, that, that God kind of spoke to my spirit when it comes to this, uh, number one, number one, <clears throat> and I've already said it, but I, I just want you to keep this in your head. Keep this in your head. It says they gladly received his word and were baptized and the Lord added unto them, right? So we have salvation, baptism, and, 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 and church membership, if you want to look at it that way. But it says after that, and they, what's that next word? Continued. Here's what I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, salvation is only the beginning. Salvation, and I, this is not going to be your typical alliterated like I normally do, but it's the way God gave it to me, so I want to give it to you. That way. Salvation is only the beginning. I cannot tell you how many Christians that I know and I grew up with that are in the same place in their spiritual life that they were the day they trusted Christ as their Savior. They may know a couple more stories. They may be a little more familiar with Jonah and maybe with David and maybe with Goliath, but really, spiritually speaking, they're on the same plateau. They're on the same place. They have not grown. They have not developed. They have not matured. They have not moved from milk to meat. And if you get anywhere around meat, they get confused. That's terrible. That's terrible. I've heard people say, I, I've been saved 37 years and I've never changed. That's bad. 
That means you've never grown. Are y'all with me? Salvation's just the beginning. Salvation is just the beginning. If it was not, God would have took you home the moment you believed. It's just the beginning. Watch what it says. 1 Peter 2, 1, As newborn babes, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. 2 Peter 3, 14. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Watch what, watch what Paul says to the church at Colossae. He says in Colossians 1, 4. He says, since we heard of your faith in Christ, in other words, since we heard you got saved, you believe, you trusted Christ, uh, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which he had to all the saints, verse 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, watch this, and increasing in the knowledge of of God. What is he saying? He's saying this. It's just the beginning. Since the day we heard it, son, we got stuff to pray for. There's stuff you need to know. There's stuff you need to learn. There's stuff you need to have. Salvation is only the beginning. Well, I'm seeing a lot of, seeing a lot of babies on social media. Babies, I, y'all, y'all can keep laughing, all you young couples. I'm playing for twins and triplets. Now we're going to build this church one way or another. <laughs> Amen. Let's God, let's multiply this thing. Amen. But you know what? If, 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 if that young mother and that young father, isn't them little babies kind of cool? What is it about a little bitty baby that makes every grown adult turn into a goofball? We, 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 we start speaking other languages and stuff, you know, talk, right? Come on, don't look at me that way. These little babies are so cute and they're so wonderful, but you know what? They don't stay that way. They take that milk and they're hungry for that milk and they'll let you know at all hours of the night, say amen. They desire, they're hungry for that milk because that milk sustains them and that milk is helping them to grow and to develop. But if that baby stayed a baby you would be seeking out a specialist because that's not the way it's supposed to be. They're not supposed to stay small. They're not supposed to. You want them to grow. You have dreams for them. You have desires for them. You want to see them grow and learn and go to school and, and, and grow up and, and marry and have a family and have children and grandchildren. Are y'all with me? I wonder what God seems and the, and the Lord seems when he looks down and he sees these babes in Christ staying babies. Because they won't apply themselves. Because really, spiritually and intellectually, they're just a little bit lazy. And it's not all, it's not all, it's not all Christians' fault. Sometimes it's because the, the pulpit is so anemic. I said this, and I'm going to say it again. The people that are telling me right now, I already know that stuff. They have this idea because they've come from a church where the preaching has been about 15 stories rehashed in thousands of different ways, but it's basically the same story in a different text and different title. And so that's what you've heard for so much. You have this idea. I know all this in there. You don't know all the Bible. You just know what that preacher knew. And because of that, we have anemic Christianity. We have powerless Christians. We have powerless and dying and dead churches. There's power in the word. Listen, it's just the beginning. Salvation is just the beginning. It is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Somebody say it with me. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. We got to grow in grace. We're babes. That's what he says, babes. But babes grow up. If they don't grow and develop and become adults, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Number two, write this down. Write this down. This is really important. God expects growth and progress. God expects growth and progress. Watch what he says in Ephesians 4.11. He's given churches people with certain gifts. He says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting. The word perfecting there means maturing. 
means completing. Not, not perfect as in never make a mistake. It means maturity, development. Come to completion. If that makes sense, say amen. What, what are you coming for? What are you coming for? God gave me to you. Y'all don't know this, but I should have a bow tie on because I'm a gift to you. I tell that to Tammy all the time, but it ain't flying with her. I don't know what the deal is. But seriously, that's what the Bible says. God gave me as a gift to you to do what? To help mature you, to help develop you, to help bring you to completion. Does that make sense? To maturity, to fullness, to a spiritual adulthood. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, and the word edifying means building up of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. See, there's a destination we're aiming for. Unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. You remember? Complete, mature, developed. Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Y'all with me? That we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, say I need to grow up, may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. In other words, you always, we ask these kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You hear fireman, garbage man, astronaut, uh, policeman, whatever it might be. But what, what, when we ask ourselves, what do we want to be when we grow up? Jesus! That's what it's saying. May grow up into him. What is completion? What is development? What is maturity? When you act like Christ. When you think like Christ. God has is, God is predestined you to be like his son. We love Romans 8, 28, don't we? For all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. But don't forget verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So it is my job and my responsibility to help mature you and develop you and teach you and bring you to a place of completion and maturity in the image of Christ Jesus. How do we do that? Doctrine. Teaching, preaching, sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Are y'all with me? God expects growth. God doesn't expect you to stay in the same place. It is very dangerous to stay in the same place. You say, why is that so important? I want to read a, I don't normally do this, but this was so good and he worded it better than I could. I've got a a real good preacher friend of mine. One of my mentors is just a, he's the type of preacher that every time you sit in front of him, and and, and, and I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot. I mean, I grew up in church my whole life, so I've heard a lot of teaching and a lot of preaching. But there's not one single time I've sat in front of Brother Craig Edwards that when I left, I was like, wow. Stuff that you know he didn't get from a commentary, he got it from the Lord. Amen. Well, I want you to read his concern. This was a post he made, and I, I made a copy of it. Listen, listen real close. Now, stay with me, guys. Stay with me. I know I'm not spitting and hollering and shouting to the third row, but stay with me. Stay with me. He says, the Bible tells us that meat belongs to the spiritual. Those who have developed and matured to the point, they are able to rightly divide the word and try, or discern is a good word, the spirits to see whether they be of God. Most churchgoers are not spiritual enough to digest spiritual meat. Too many have not studied the word. Therefore, watch this. They must rely on what they feel, the way they see it, what they like, or on what someone else says about it. Did y'all get that? Because modern day Christians are so immature and, and, and they are so on the milk and not the meat. They don't have the spiritual discernment to see things. So they are operating on how they feel about it. Oh, my soul. What they think about it. What someone else says about it. That's how you can get people that go to church, leave this spouse and leave this spouse and come together and say, God brought us together. Hogwash. God ain't going to bring you somebody else's husband. 
There may be a lot of things that go with that. Selfishness, lack of self-control, lust. That might be on the list, but God ain't on the list. How do, you think, how do you think we can get to the place where we're ordaining women to pastor churches? Condoning, sanctioning, same-sex marriages in churches. Why? No spiritual discernment. No spiritual maturity. So we go on how we feel about something. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean to be harsh, but your feelings are irrelevant Because your feelings will change like the weather. There are days that that me and my wife feel head over heels crazy about each other. And then there are days we just feel crazy. Y'all a bunch of hypocrites. Y'all know it's the truth. I've had people sitting in my office and I'll say, listen, this is what the Bible says. Well, I, I, just, I just feel like God wants me to be happy. No, God wants you to be holy. But we're immature. We don't know the word. We're, not, we're so spiritually anemic and so spiritually and scripturally weak. We just go by what somebody else says about it. And we're operating in emotions. We're operating in our feelings. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. I've seen people standing here with a, with a tuxedo on and a white gown on and just all they are, just all over each other, just all about each other, just fawn and they're just so in love and just a couple of years they want to kill each other. You know why? Because feelings change. Facts don't. Listen, he said most churchgoers are not spiritual enough to digest spiritual meat. Too many have not studied the word, therefore they must rely on what they feel, the way they see it, what they like, or on what someone else says about it. This explains why churches and certain ministries have to keep things entertaining and emotional. If things were spiritual in a biblical sense, people would not get it. The soul responds to emotions while the spirit only responds to truth. Many mistake a wave of emotion as a, as a movement of the spirit. The only way to discern the differences between emotions, entertainment, and the real move of God is by skillfully applying God's word. God's word separates the joints from the marrow and the soul from the spirit. You do not have to be spiritual to respond to what you like or what you feel or what you see. However... Not everyone can respond to what God says because it is spiritually discerned. Remember, meat belongs to the spiritual. That's why so many pastors and evangelists must keep things entertaining and they must keep emotions running high and sometimes wild. They must produce an environment that allows the average churchgoer to feel and see something. That way everyone leaves wild and that makes them willing to invest in their experience. The real tragedy of all of this is that most church people are not spiritual enough to even know the difference. A couple weeks ago, I gave you all kind of statistics to show you the the spiritual level of churches in America today. The spiritual knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of Knowledge. knowledge. And I want something exciting. I want something. I don't want nothing boring because we've connected boring to doctrine. We've been, we've been teaching through the book of John. What is that called? Johannine doctrine. And I promise you this. If you, had, you hadn't been here because you think verse by verse teaching is boring, I dare, I Alabama double dog dare you to go watch the last two Wednesday nights and say it's boring. And all it is is doctrine. Just saying what God says. 
What is the apostles' doctrine? Jesus taught the apostles. The apostles taught the next disciples. Then disciples, just what Paul told Timothy, that which thou hast learned of me, commit thou to faithful men that they may be able to teach others also. One disciple told another disciple that told another disciple that told another disciple that told me. Now I'm telling you. Right? That's all it is. It's truth. It's God's word. It is amazing to me, especially in the charismatic movement. When you tell them what God says about a certain thing, a certain issue, this is what always comes. I know it's real because I felt it. So you're telling me you're operating with your soul, not your spirit. Because your soul responds to feelings and emotions. People think if they got emotional about it, then that must have been God. Man, I get emotional every time I watch an old yeller. I get emotional when I watch where the red fern grows. Man, when old Dan dies, it's terrible, man. Emotions don't mean it's God. There's some songs I like. I get emotional because of the song. And it ain't even a Christian song. Y'all can't tell me if you don't shed a tear when he stops loving her today, you're a communist. (laughs) There's nothing spiritual about that song. It tears me up. I don't have a CD. I hear it at the Waffle House sometimes. Come on now. Don't look at me that way. Do y'all get my point? This is the reason, this is the reason, I had to say something funny. Some of y'all done locked up on me. Had to loosen you up a little bit. This is the reason we have worship wars in churches today. Well, I tell you what, I want some, we, want, we want to operate in feelings, in emotions. Something's going to get me stirred up there. But the problem is, that's immature. Y'all with me? Listen, we got to grow. God expects growth and progress. Salvation is just the beginning. We got to study. We got to learn. We got to we got to put ourselves under the teaching and the preaching of God's word. Wednesday night is important for that. Don't think it's just something that goes on during the week that's not important to you. It is critically important that you know your Bible. Amen. Listen, number three. Number three. It is imperative. It is imperative. Imperative, that means critical, crisis situation. It is imperative that we never stop learning. It is imperative that we never stop learning. You never get it all. You never know it all. How many of y'all believe that Paul was a pretty cool guy? Y'all don't think so? This means yes, this means no, amen? How many of y'all think that Paul, Paul knew something about God? How many of y'all believe that Paul probably, mm, spiritually speaking, was way higher on the totem pole than anybody in this building? How many of y'all have got to go to heaven and come back? <clears throat> I don't even want to ask that question, never mind. Preacher, I tell you one time, no, no. I ain't talking about your college days, hey man. I didn't want to. I'm talking about really. Wrote these scriptures and, and planted all these churches, and man. I mean, when he got saved, he was looking at Jesus the day he got saved. But you know what he said? I've not yet attained. I've not yet attained. All that he'd accomplished, all that he had, and all in his spiritual life that he'd experienced, he said, I'm not there yet. I mean, he's right before having his head chopped off and finishing his race. And Are y'all with me? But in his mind, I, I haven't got all there is. You may tell you, when I hear somebody say, I know all that stuff, that tells me right away they're speaking out of ignorance. Because the Bible says 
This is a well that is deep that you will never exhaust all the truth and the nuggets out of God's Word. This past Wednesday, Brother Doug, this past Wednesday, I've, I've, I've read about the crucifixion my whole life. I've been in more, more Easter pageants and, and, and dramas, and we've had them here over and over and over. And over. I mean, just, just tons of them. And I've preached series on it, taught, and I, God shared something with us this past week. I've never, ever seen I'm talking about three significant major things that took place after Jesus died before he ever come off the cross that has teaching behind it and something to show. I've never seen that before. It was cool. I'm like, wow! Because you're not going to get all the goody out of it. You could dig for years and 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 years. And all of a sudden, you read something and God says, let me show you something. And then, wow. You know why? This is not the Wall Street Journal. This is not Marvel Magazine. This is not the newspaper. It is the living Word of God. The Bible says it endureth to all generations. But preacher, it's 2018. I don't care if it's 2033. It's still good. It still fits. It is still relevant. We just got to teach it. And we got to preach it. This is a lion. I heard a preacher say this and it made real good sense. Don't don't defend the lion. Just let it loose. Right? Why do we need to keep learning? Let me tell you about the day we're living in. And we're done. We're done. I got a minute and 58 seconds. (laughs) That's funny, isn't it? All right. Watch what he told Pete. Watch, excuse me. Watch what Paul told Timothy in the pastoral epistle. Why, why, why he's so concerned about doctrine. Why he's so concerned about scriptures and teaching and preaching. Be focused on this and learning and studying. First Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Some shall depart from the faith. Why? Because there's devils at work. There's demons trying to get you to fall away. Now watch. 2 Timothy 3.13 But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. What, what, what are you saying? I, I have seen so many people that say, boy, I, I saw, I saw, uh, excuse me, pastor so-and-so on TV, and I'm like, <gasps> I just love him. <gasps> you know why? Because pastor so-and-so on TV knows just enough scripture to make it sound Spiritual. But sister so-and-so and and brother so-and-so are not spiritually mature. They've not moved from milk to meat. They've not grown so they can discern. I can listen to somebody two minutes and... My antennas go up immediately like, whoa! Wait a minute. You see, we've got deceivers all around us. You've got seducers all around you. And the Bible says in the last days, they're going to get worse and worse and worse. But watch what he says. This is great. But continue. Say that with me. But continue. Boy, if we just continue. 
Thou and the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the... which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Watch this. All Scripture, say that with me. Is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Put, put in your notes beside that. That just means right living. Right living. 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound. Why? But after their own shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. You know what's happened here today? Somebody got mad at what I said a while ago. Because you're probably shacking up. And you got mad at what I said about adultery. Even though I can take you to verse after verse after verse after verse. So here's what you'll do. Because instead of wanting to conform to God's word and repent and make things right with God so you can walk in righteousness, right living, you will go to another church that will tell you it's okay. That's exactly what will happen. But guess what? That's like going to a doctor and you've got cancer and he told you so you didn't like it. So you went to another one and said, you good. I'm not saying this because I'm mad. I'm not saying this because I don't like you. Man, I love you. I know where this is going to lead to. I don't ever preach anything because I'm mad at you. I'm preaching you what God said. And there's always consequences to sin. But we're living in a day where we're just not going to put up with that. I'm going to go somewhere where they'll tell me something good about me. The largest church in America, you go in and they'll tell you how good a person you are. And make you feel good about yourself. Let me tell you something. If you go to church and every time you go to church you feel good about yourself when you leave, you're going to the wrong church. If every now and then you don't have to put ice on your toes when you get home, you're going to the wrong church. Because all of us need adjusting every now and then. But we got to know the truth. We got to love the truth. Even if the truth hurts. Because we've got so many deceivers. I went through a list. I went through a list of cults. I didn't do it on purpose. It just happened to. And I went through a list of cults. The Jim Jones cult. The Heaven's Gate cult. The deal with uh, Manson and all of them. I mean, there's just 20 or 30 of them. David Koresh. That's a dude in Texas, I believe. All of these claiming Christ. All these claiming Christ. And I don't know what you're thinking. I don't, care. I don't know how somebody could be that gullible. Be careful. Do you want me to tell you what all these have in common? Most of the people that they recruited for their movements came out of churches. That's a fact, Brother Doug. They're not knocking on doors and going cold turkey. and, and They're getting people who are out of churches, who've never been grounded, established. They they have just enough religion to make them dangerous. And so these people will quote verses that make them sound real and spiritual, and they are deceivers. And they are empowered by Satan. That's why we need doctrine. That's why we can't, we cannot, Teach and preach doctrine. That's why you need to study. That's why you need to learn. That's why you need to apply yourself. That's why you need to grow. You cannot be intellectually and spiritually lazy. you got to do something on your own. 
It could be you could be a candidate for one of them crazy people. If you don't know, you need to know what you know. Hebrews says, for the time, for the time, you ought to be teachers. But I got to go back to the milk. What does that mean? It means that you should grow to a certain point in your life. You could teach what you know to someone else. He said, but you're you're immature. The length of time you've been saved, you should be able to teach others. But he says, I got to go back to the ABCs with you. I know there's not a lot of shouting and there's not a lot. This ain't no camp meeting service. But I'm telling you, this could provide more growth for you than any shouting service ever was. Because we need to be convicted. We need to be challenged. We need to step up to the plate. In just a couple weeks, I'm going to challenge you. Sign up. Sign up. If after you go through this, this, this time of discipleship and learning and growing and developing, you don't get nothing out of it, I'll give you your money back. <clears throat> I know we're not charging anything, but you, you'll get that in a minute. <laughs> My crowd's a little slow, Brother Doug. They're a little slow. <laughs> we got to grow. It's imperative. It's imperative that we never... Pastor Doug, I don't mean to put you on the spot. How long have you been in the ministry? 45 years. How, how long have you been preaching? When you, 17. You think you're anywhere close to getting all the goody out of that Bible. Not even close. Okay, if you don't have that experience... <clears throat> Then I don't want to hear it. <clears throat> you just heard it. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, help us. Help us, 